Act Two of Amends for Ladies by Nathan Field. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One. Enter Seldom and his wife Grace, working as in their shop. Husband, these gloves are not fit for my wearing. I'll put them in the shop and sell them. You shall give me a plain pair for them. This is wonderful, wonderful. This is thy sweet care and judgment in all things. This goodness is not usual in our wives. Well, Grace Seldom, that thou art fair is nothing. That thou art well spoken is nothing. That thou art witty is nothing. That thou art a citizen's wife is nothing. But, Grace, that thou art fair, that thou art well spoken, that thou art witty, that thou art a citizen's wife, and that thou art honest, I say, and let any man deny it that can, it is something, it is something, I say, it is seldom something, and for all the sunshine of my joy, mine eyes, must rain upon thee. Enter Mall Cutpurse with a letter. By your leave, Master Seldom, have you done the hangers I bespake for the night? Yes, Mary, have I, Mistress, Ike and Heek. I'll fetch em to you. Exit. Zounds, does not your husband know my name? If it had been somebody else, I would have called him Cuckoldy Slave. If it had been somebody else, perhaps you might. Well, I may be even with him. All's clear. Pretty rogue, I've longed to know thee this twelve months, and had no other means but this to speak with thee. There's a letter to thee from the party. What party? The knight, Sir John Lovell. Oh, hence, lewd impudent. I know not what to term me man or woman, for nature, shaming to acknowledge thee for either, hath produced thee to the world without a sex. Some say thou art a woman, others a man, and many thou art both woman and man, but I think rather neither, or man and horse, as the old centaurs were feigned. Why, how now, mistress, what lackey? Are you so fine with a pox? I have seen a woman look as modestly as you, and speak as sincerely, and follow the friars as zealously, and she has been as sound a jumbler as e'er paid for't. Tis true, Mistress Vipenny, I have sworn to leave this letter. Do you hear, you sword and target, to speak in your own key? Mary Ambury, long Meg, thou that in myself, methinks, alone and looks like a rogue and whore under a hedge. Bard, take your letter with you and be gone. When next you come, my husband's constable, and Bridewell is hard by. You've a good wit, and can conceive. Enter Seldom with hangers. Look you, here are the hangers. Let's see them. Fee, fee. You have mistook me quite. Exit. Enter Lord Proudly. Here's my Lord Proudly. My horse, lackey. Is my sister Honour above? I think her ladyship, my lord, is not well, and keeps her chamber. All's one, I must see her. 
Have the other ladies dined? I think not, my lord. Then I'll take a pipe of tobacco here in your shop, if it be not offensive. I would be loath to be thought to come just at dinner-time. To his servant. Garçon, fill, sirrah. Enter page with a pipe of tobacco. What said the goldsmith for the money? Seldom, having fetched a candle, walks off at the other end of the shop. Lord Proudly sits by his wife. He said, my lord, he would lend no man money, that he durst not arrest. How got that wit into Cheapside Trow? He is a cuckold. Saw you my lady to-day? What says she? Takes tobacco. Marry, my lord. She said her old husband has a great payment to make this morning, and had not left her so much as a jewel. A pox of her old cat's chaps. The teeth she had have made a transmigration into hair. She hath a bigger beard than I by this light. Lord whispers to Grace. This custom in us citizens is good. Thus walking off, when men talk with our wives, it shows us courteous and mannerly. Some count it baseness. He's a fool that does so. It is the highest point of policy, especially when we have virtuous wives. Fie, fie, you talk uncivilly, my lord. Uncivilly, Mew? Can a lord talk uncivilly? I think you, a finical taffeta pipkin, may be proud I'll sit so near it. Uncivilly, Mew. Your mother's cat has kittened in your mouth, sir. Prithee, but note yon fellow. Does he not walk and look as if he did desire to be a cuckold? But you do not look as if you could make him one. Now they have dined, my lord. Enter Lord Fee-Simple and well-tried. God save your lordship. How dost thou, cuz? Hast thou got any more wit yet? No, by my troth, I have but little money with that little wit I have. And the more wit, ever the less money. Yet as little as I have of either, I would give something that I durst but quarrel. I would not be abused thus daily as I am. Save you, my lord. Good master well-tried, you can inform me, pray. How ended the quarrel betwixt young Bold and the other gentleman? Why, very fairly, my lord, on honourable terms. Young Bold was injured and did challenge him, fought in the field, and the other gave him satisfaction under his hand. I was Bold second, and can show it here. Tis strange there was no hurt done. Yet I hold the other gentleman far the better man. So do not I. Besides, they say the satisfaction that walks in the ordinaries is counterfeit. He lies that say so, and I'll make it good, and for I know my friend is out of town. What man soever wrongs him is my foe. I say he had full satisfaction, nay, that which we may call submission, that the other sought peace first. And who denies this, lord, knight, or gentleman, English, French, or Scot, I'll fight and prove it on him with my sword. No, sweet master well let's have no fighting, till, as you have promised, you have ridden me from this foolish fear, and taught me to endure to look upon a naked sword. Well, and I'll be as good as my word. But do you hear, cousin Proudly? 
They say my old father must marry your sister, Honour, and that he will disinherit me, and entail all his lordships on her, and the heir he shall beget on her body. Is true or not? There is such a report? Why, then I pray God he may die an old cuckoldy slave. O world, what art thou? Where is parents' love? Can he deny me for his natural child? Yet see, O fornicator, old and stiff, not where he should be, that's my comfort yet. As for you, my lord, I will send to you as soon as I dare fight, and look upon steel, which, master well tried, I pray, let be with all possible speed. What did ye this afternoon? Faith, I have a great mind to see Long Meg and the ship at the fortune. Nay, in faith, let's up and have a rest at Primero. Agreed, my lord. And toward the evening I'll carry you to the company. Well, no more words. Exeunt Lord Proudly, Lord Fee Simple, and Well Tried. I wonder, sir, you will walk so, and let anybody sit prating to your wife. Well, I, man, I'd thrust him out of the shop by the head and shoulders. There were no policy in that, wife. So should I lose my custom. Let them talk themselves weary, and give thee love tokens. Still, I lose not by it. Thy chastity's impregnable. I know it. Had I a dame whose eyes did swallow youth, whose unchaste gulf together did take in masters and men, the footboys and their lords, making a gallimaufry in her blood, I would not walk thus, then. But, virtuous wife, he that in chaste ears pours his ribald talk, begets hate to himself, and not consent, and even his dirt, thrown hard against a wall, rebounds and sparkles in the thrower's eyes. So ill words, uttered to a virtuous dame, turn and defile the speaker with red shame. Exeunt. Scene two. Enter husband and wife. Sounds. You are a whore. Though I entreat him fair before his face, in compliment or so, I not esteem him truly as this rush. There's no such thing as friendship in this world, and he that cannot swear, disassemble, lie, wants knowledge how to live, and let him die. Sir, I did think you had esteemed of him, as you may show. Therefore I used him well, and yet not so but that the strictest eye I durst have made a witness of my carriage. Plaguey your carriage! Why, he kissed your hand, looked babies in your eyes, and winked and pinked. You thought I had esteemed him? Sblood, you whore! Do not I know that you do know you lie? When didst you hear me say and mean one thing? Oh, I could kick you now and tear your face and eat thy breast like udders. Sir, you may, but if I know what hath deserved all this, I am no woman, cause he kissed my hand unwillingly. A little louder, pray. You are a base fellow, an unworthy man, as their poor gentlewoman matched withal. Why should you make such show of love to any, without the truth? Thy beastly mind is like some decayed tradesman, 
that doth make his wife entertain those for gain he not endures. Pish! Swell and burst! I had rather with thy sword be hewed to pieces than lead such a life. Out with it, valiant sir! I hold you for a drawer upon women, not on men. I will no more conceal your hollow heart, but and report you as you are in truth. This is called marriage. Stop your mouth, you whore. Thy mother was a whore if I be one. You know there's company in the house. Enter Subtle. Sweet friend, what, have you writ your letter? Tis done, dear friend. I have made you stay too long. I fear you'll be benighted. Fie, no, no. Madam and sweetest wife, farewell. God bless us. Make much of Master Subtle here, my friend. Kisses her. Till my return, which may be even as tappens, according as my business hath success. Exit. How will you pass the time now, fairest mistress? In troth, I know not. Wives without their husbands, methinks are lowering days. Indeed, some wives are like dead bodies in their husband's absence. If any wife be, I must needs be so, that have a husband far above all men, untainted with the humours others have, a perfect man, and one that loves you truly. You see the charge he left of your good usage. Pish! He's an ass. I know him a stark ass of a most barbarous condition, false-hearted to his friend, rough unto you. A most dissembling and perfidious fellow. I care not if he heard me. This I know, and will make good upon him with my sword or any for him, for he will not fight. Fie, servant, you show small civility and less humanity. Do you requite my husband's love thus ill? For what do you think of me, that you will utter to my face such harsh, unfriendly, slanderous injuries, even of my husband? Sir, forbear, I pray. My ears or your own tongue, I am no housewife to hear my husband's merit thus depraved. His merit is a halter by this light. You think he's out of town now. No such matter, but gone aside and hath importuned me to try your chastity. It cannot be. Alas, he is as free from jealousy and ever was as confidence itself. I know he loves me too, too heartily to be suspicious or to prove my truth. If I do feign in aught, ne'er may I purchase the grace I hope for. And, fair mistress, if you have any spirit or wit or sense, you will be even with such a wretched slave. Heaven knows I love you as the air I draw. Think but how finely you may cuckold him, and safely too with me, who will report to him that you are most invincible, your chastity not to be subdued by man. When you know I am a whore? 
a whore fine no that you have been kind or so your whore doth live in picket hatch turnbull street wife aside your whore lives there well servant leave me to myself a while return anon but bear this hope away shall be with you if i at all do stray exit subtle why here's right worldly friendship you're well met oh man what are you why is our poor sex still made the disgraced subjects in these plays for vices folly and inconstancy when were men looked into with such critical eyes of observation many would be found so full of gross and base corruption that none unless the devil himself turned writer could feign so badly to express them truly some wives that had a husband now like mine would yield their honors up to any man far be it from my thoughts oh let me stand thou god of marriage and chastity an honor to my sex no injury compel the virtue of my breast to yield it's not revenge for any wife to stain the nuptial bed although she be yoked ill who falls because her husband so hath done cures not his wound but in herself makes one exit wife scene three enter injun reading a letter sits down in a chair and stamps with his foot to him a servant who brought this letter a little irish footboy sir he stays without for an answer bid him come in lord what deep dissemblers are these females all how far unlike a friend this lady used me and here how like one mad in love she writes enter maid like an irish footboy with a dart gloves in her pocket and a handkerchief so bless me heaven but thou art the prettiest boy that e'er ran by a horse hast thou dwelt long with thy fair mistress i came but this morning sir how fares thy lady boy like to a turtle that hath lost her mate drooping she sits her grief sir cannot speak had it a voice articulate we should know how and for what cause she suffers and perhaps but tis unlikely give her comfort sir weeping she sits and all the sound comes from her is like the murmur of a silver brook which her tears truly would make there about her sat she in any hollow continent believe me boy thou hast a passionate tongue live expression or thy memory hath carried thy lesson well away but wherefore mourns thy lady sir you know and would to god i did not know myself alas it cannot be for love to me when last i saw her she reviled me boy with bitterest words and wished me never more to approach her sight and for my marriage now i do sustain it as a penance due to the desert that made her banish me sir i dare swear she did presume no words nor dangers have been powerful to restrain your coming to her when she gave the charge but are you married truly why my boy dost think i mock myself i sent her gloves the gloves she has returned to you sir by me and praise you give them to some other lady 
that you'll deceive next, and be perjured to. Sure, you have wronged her. Sir, she bade me tell you. She ne'er thought goodness dwelt in many men. But what there was of goodness in the world, she thought you had it all. But now she sees the jewel she esteemed as counterfeit, that you are but a common man yourself, a traitor to her and her virtuous love, that all men are betrayers, and their breasts as full of dangerous gulfs as is the sea, where any woman, thinking to find a harbour, she and her honour are precipitated, and never to be brought with safety off. Alas, my hapless lady desolate, distressed, forsaken virgin! Sure, this boy is of an excellent nature, who so newly taken to her service, feels his mistress' grief. As he and they were old familiar friends, why weepest thou, gentle lad? Who hath one tear, and would not saved from all occasions, from brothers' slaughters and from mothers' deaths, to spend it here for my distressed lady? But, sir, my lady did command me beg to see your wife, that I may bear to her the sad report. What creature could make you untie the hand fast pledged unto her? Wife, wife, come forth. Now, gentle boy, be judge. Enter Injun's brother, like a woman, masked. Injun kisses her. If such a face as this, being paid with scorn by her I did adore, had not full power to make me marry. By the god of love, she's a fair creature, but faith should be fairer. My lady, gentle mistress, one that thought she had some interest in this gentleman who now is only yours, commanded me to kiss your white hand, and to sigh and weep, and wish you that content she should have had, in the fruition of her love you hold. She bade me say, God give you joy to both. Yet this withal, if you were married, no one her footsteps evermore should meet, nor see her face but in a winding sheet. Alas, poor lady, faith. I pity her, and but to be in the same state could forego anything I possess to ease her woe. Love's blessing light upon thy gentle soul. Men rail at women, mistress, but tis we are false and cruel, ten times more unkind. You are smoother far and of a softer mind. Sir, I have one request more. Gentle lad. It must be one of a strange quality that I deny thee. Both thy form and mind inform me that thy nurture hath been better than to betray thee to this present life. Tis that you would vouchsafe to entertain me. My feet do tremble under me to bear my body back unto my uncouth lady to assure her grief. What heart so hard would owe a tongue to tell so sad a tale to her? Alas! I dare not look upon her eyes, where wronged love sits like the basilisk, and sure would kill me for my dire report, or rather, should I not appear like death. Holding up his dart. When every word I spake shot through her heart, more mortally than his unsparing dart. Let me speak for the boy. To what end, love? No, I will sue to him to follow me, in troth. I love thy sweet condition, and may live to inform thy lady of thee. Come in, dry, dry thine eyes, respite thy woe. The effects of causes 
crown or overthrow. Scene four. Enter Lord Proudly, Lord Fee Simple, well tried, seldom, widow, bold pinning in a ruff, wife. Slight, what should be become of her? You swear she passed not forth of doors, and in the house she is not? Did you not see her, Princox? This same board has brought her letters from some younger brother, and she is stolen away. Board? I defy you. Indeed, your lordship thinks you may make boards of whom you please. I'll take my oath upon a book. Since I met her in the necessary house in the morning, I ne'er set eye on her. She went not out of doors. Sure, she has an invisible ring. Mary, she's the honester woman. With some of their rings are visible enough, the more shame for them still say I. Let the pond at Islington be searched. Go to. There's more have drowned themselves for love this year than you are aware of. Pish, you are a fool. So hard. Call him a fool again. By this light, and I will, as soon as ever you have shown me the swaggerers. Her clothes are all yonder, my lord. And even those same she had on today. Madam, where is your husband? Rid into the country. Oh, my conscience! Rid into France with your sister? Away, away, away for, for shame. shame. Why, I hope she is not the first lady that has ran away with other women's husbands. It may be she's stolen out to see a play. Who should go with her, man? Upon my life, you'll hear of her at Master Injun's house. Some love passed betwixt them, and we heard that he was married to-day to another. Sart, I'll go see. Exit Lord Proudly. Come to the swaggerers. Mercy upon me. A man or a lord now? Exeunt Lord Feesimple, well tried. He is a coil with a lord and his sister. Princox, hast thou not pinned in that rough yet? Ah, oh, how thou fumblest! Truth, madam, I was ne'er brought up to it. Tis a chambermaid's work, and I have ever lived gentlewoman, and been used accordingly. Exeunt. End of Act Two.